0: Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. The Bible reading is from Philippians chapter 4 and verses 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Now the book of Philippians is written by Paul. It's a letter that Paul writes, Paul being one of the early church leaders, and and Paul writes this letter to the church in Philippi. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, And verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Over here, Paul is claiming that one of the key attributes of being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is joy, celebration. Now, these words may seem superficial. They may even seem like quite an insensitive thing to say. And you might be thinking, well, that's easy for you to say, Paul, but you don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. And therefore it's important that we we recognize and understand the context in which Paul is saying this. Paul was in prison because of his faith in Jesus. He had been persecuted because of his faith in Jesus. He was now in prison and it is possibly going to be executed. He knows about unjust suffering firsthand. And he also knows that the church in Philippi... He's been persecuted for their faith. And it's within this context that Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. And it as if he anticipates their natural objection, how can we possibly rejoice given our circumstances? He says, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Yes, you heard me right. Rejoice. Not only are they to rejoice, But he continues in verse 5, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now the Greek word translated gentleness is a difficult word to translate because it has this wide range of meanings and it's difficult to find a single English word which has the same range of meanings. Therefore, if you were to check a whole range of translations, you will find different words such as gentleness, patience, considerateness, kindness, and so on. And so the, the word essentially reflects an attitude of contentment with one's state, even when you have been treated unjustly. And the word also reflects an an attitude of being considerate and kind to others, even when you have been treated unjustly. And this gentleness, of course, is seen supremely in Jesus. For Paul and the church in Philippi, they were being persecuted unjustly because of their faith in Jesus. Now, we might not be persecuted unjustly, but sometimes life treats us unjustly. Life is not fair. As a result of the fact that we live in a fallen world, life often treats us unjustly. This might be work pressures or or, or the pressure of being unemployed. It might be family pressures, or health issues, or bereavement, or, or some other uh, pressure and hardship. Yet, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we still need to display this gentleness. That this being content with our situation, and, and being kind and considerate to others, even whilst we are being unjustly treated. And Paul says, Let your gentleness Be evident to all. Evident to everyone. But how? How can we ensure that uh, we display this gentleness? And and how can we rejoice always? Surely there are times in life when life is difficult. When there are heartaches and hardships and suffering. How can we rejoice then? How can we rejoice always? Paul is clearly not talking about a superficial happiness. A happiness and a joy that is dependent on favorable circumstances, on things going well, like a nice sunny holiday. No. He's not talking about a a joy that is dependent on changing circumstances, but he's talking about a joy that is dependent on the one who never changes. Rejoice in the Lord. He does not say rejoice in your circumstances. He says rejoice in the Lord. And the reason why we can rejoice in the Lord always is because, as Paul states at the end of verse 5, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Now the word near is ambiguous. It can either mean that Jesus is near in the sense that Jesus is near to us, present with us, or it can mean that Jesus is near in the sense that he's nearly here. He's He's coming soon. I believe that Paul has intentionally used this ambiguous word, near, to refer to both meanings. You see, in the midst of heartache, we can rejoice in the Lord because we know that Jesus is coming back. And when he returns, he will make everything right. He will restore all things, the whole cosmos, Everything will be the way that it should be. In Philippians chapter 3 and verses 20 to 21, Paul states, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that, so that they will be like His glorious body. You see, the reason that we are able to rejoice in the Lord even in the midst of heartache is because we know that this is not the end. We have a hope for the future. The Lord is near. Also in the midst of heartache and hardships, we can rejoice in the Lord because we know that Jesus is with us now by the Holy Spirit. And he will never leave us, nor forsake us, and he will be with us until the very end of this age. That is why Paul can write at the end of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9, he says, And the God of peace will be with you. The Lord is near. Paul then says in verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything. Wow! Do not be anxious about anything. Is that even possible? I mean, don't be anxious about anything. Now, of course, there is a difference between being anxious, worried, and stressed and having a genuine concern for someone. Paul is able to commend Timothy in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 20 for being generally concerned about the Philippians' welfare. That's kind of like a positive form of anxiousness that then leads to a genuine concern and leads to action. But worry and stress will, will never help anything. It will only make things work, worse. Worry and stress, uh, will immobilize you and paralyze you. It'll make things worse. And it's also very destructive to your physical health. It's a large contributor to heart disease, a weakening of the immune system, ulcers, high blood pressure, and the like. Yet a genuine concern will lead to action and will help the situation as best as, as best as you can. Yet so often, when we are faced with a hardship and we have a a genuine concern, either for our own situation or for someone else's situation, there is often nothing we're able to do. We're powerless to do anything. And as a result, we become very anxious and stressed and worried. Paul was in that situation. He was in prison waiting to find out if he was going to be executed. There was nothing he could do about that. The Philippians were in that situation. They were being persecuted for their faith in Jesus. And they were powerless to do anything about it. And they must have been very anxious. Here Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything. How? How can they possibly not be anxious about anything? How can we not be anxious about anything? Paul continues in verse 6. He says, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul's answer was prayer. The way to be anxious about nothing was was to be prayerful about everything. For in prayer, what we're actually doing is saying to God, this is too big for me. I can't handle it. So I'm going to give it over to you. And I'm trusting you. I'm trusting in your wisdom and in your love and in your power. And we hand it over to God. Trusting God. Knowing that God is greater than our troubles. And Paul says that we should pray about everything. Every situation. Not just some things or the big things. But everything. Sometimes we think, well, well, God is not interested in my little problems. He's only interested in the big problems. No. If it is a concern for you, it's a concern for God. Therefore, bring everything to God in prayer. Paul also states that prayer needs to be accompanied with thanksgiving. In other words, in every situation, we need to give thanks to God. Now it's important to point out over here that Paul does not say that we need to give thanks to God for every situation, for every circumstance. But we do need to give thanks to God in every situation, in every circumstance. You see, Paul does not give thanks for being in prison and being persecuted and possibly about to be executed. That would be sadistic. Rather, he gives thanks to God even though he is in prison. And it does not matter what circumstances we are facing. We can still give thanks to God for the Lord is near. Jesus is with us and he loves us and he cares for us and he's coming. He will work all things out according to his plan. He will restore all things when he returns. And then Paul states that the the result of this prayer, Paul states that the result of this prayer in verse 7, when we pray with thanksgiving, this is the result. He says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now it's very interesting that Paul does not say and then all your problems will disappear. Now, we, we wish he would say that, but but he doesn't say that. He doesn't say all our problems will disappear. He doesn't say that after he prayed this prayer, that the, the, his prison doors just flew open and he walked out a free man. Nor does he say to the, the Philippians that those who are persecuting you will all of a sudden become Christians and they will help out with the flower rota and serving coffee at your church meetings. No, he doesn't say that. In fact, he doesn't mention anything about a change in their circumstances, but rather he mentions a change that will take place within you. He says, he states that they will experience the peace of God that transcends all understanding. It transcends all understanding. It's beyond your comprehension. You just can't understand it. And the reason you can't comprehend it is because all the circumstances around you are saying that you should be anxious, you should be stressed out. Yet in the midst of the chaos, you experience a profound peace. For this peace is not derived from favorable circumstances like being on an ocean cruise or on a tropical island, but rather it is derived from God. God. And there's nothing you can do to create this peace. You can chant, you can do your yoga, you can listen to your meditation music, you can pop your pearls, you can drink as much as you like, you can shop until you drop, but you will not find this inner peace, this inner peace that transcends all understanding. For the world cannot supply it, and you cannot manufacture it, only God can give it. And the only way that you can receive this peace is by Prayer. Coming to God in prayer and entrusting ourselves and those we care about into the loving hands of God. And then God gives us this peace, this peace of God that transcends all understanding. Now, I'm not sure how you, you are this morning. Perhaps everything is going great. In that case, we rejoice with you. But I'm sure that there are many here who have anxieties for life often treats us unjustly. Perhaps you or a loved one is struggling with unemployment or with the pressures at work or with the pressures within family relationships or, or with health issues or with bereavement or with some other hardship. If that is the case, then this is what I believe God wants to say to you this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then at the end of verse 9, And the God of peace, will be with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can freely come into your presence through prayer. That we can come to you and we can pour our hearts out to you in prayer and you will hear our prayer. And Father, we thank you that you don't love us from afar, that you're not distant, that you you came to us in the person of Jesus and you experienced every heartache and suffering that we would ever experience. And more than that, you don't leave us alone, but you are still present with us right now by your Holy Spirit and that you will never leave us nor forsake us, but you will be with us until the very end of this age. And yet, Father, so often we, we, we struggle with hardships and we hold on to them. Father, won't you help us to come to you in prayer and to hand over our burdens to you, trusting in you. Maybe right now, in the quietness of your heart, just commit that issue, that burden, that stress that is bothering you, that's weighing you down. Just commit that to God. Hand it over to Him. Let Him lift that burden off you. You might not know how it's going to work out. You might not see an end to the situation, but trust God that God is, is able to take that burden away from you and to work all things out according to His purpose. And just hand that burden over to Him. And then ask God by His Holy Spirit to pour His peace. That peace that transcends all understanding. Just to pour that peace into you right now and receive God's peace afresh in your heart. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at uk